<clears throat> Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. We ask you please to let your word penetrate our heart and our mind. God, the things that burden those that are here, I just sense today that there's some here that they're weighed down. They think that you're mad at them or they don't belong here. God, that's, I come against that lie of the enemy by the power of the blood of Christ. Your word says that you disarmed principalities and powers and you made a public spectacle of them when you died on the cross. God, may this place always and forever be a hospital for sinners and never become a museum for saints. We love you and we need you. Let your word speak to us, please. We ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. If you were not here last week, we looked at the first part of 1 Peter, and it was such a, a glorious Bible study from the perspective of what the Old Testament promises about Messiah. If you're completely new to religious things, <clears throat> the Christianity is a Jewish sect, a faith of the original Jews. We are children of Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham's an old Christian song. And the reason being is he was the father of all faith. The Lord looked and saw a man named Abraham in Mesopotamia and said, I will make you a great nation. And then he gave Moses the law, and the law was trying to understand that the goodness of God was not achievable by means of your deeds. So the law was given. And in order for you to be perfect, as God is perfect, you had to eat only certain things, you had to do only certain things, and if you messed up, you had to take a lamb, an ox, a ram, a goat, a pigeon, all different kinds of things, and you have to bring it to the temple, and you have to sacrifice. All this was a picture of the righteous standard of God. And then God issued the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20. And these commandments, not suggestions, were really, you want to live perfect? Because what had happened was, and so much so happens to the church, they looked the part. Oh, you know what we'll do? We'll wear all black. We'll fulfill the law so that everybody thinks we're holy. We'll go to church. We'll put a, a dove on our car. We'll, we'll wear a T-shirt that has a cross on it. But we'll live like something else. And God said, yeah, let me explain to you how this works. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Don't make a graven image. Don't take his name in vain. Don't check out your neighbor's wife. Don't steal his stuff. Don't. You go through the list of do's and don'ts and these and them's. And the first thing that you realize is you got no shot at keeping him. Virtually every one of them. The Lord Jesus actually put a spin on it. He goes, you even think about it. It's just like doing it. Like, well, what shot do I have? And that was the point. You don't have a shot. So what am I supposed to do if I don't have a shot? 
accept Christ as your Savior, He is your propitiation. He is your sin substitute. He is your sacrifice, ultimate, once for all. That is why it's called the good news, the gospel. That is why we celebrate Christmas. That is why the met one of the greatest lines in the Bible was the Lord's cousin looked over the horizon and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Right? I don't know how many of you guys have ever struggled with something, and when I mean struggle, like something that you can't stop. Like, I try, I want to, it's bad for me, can't stop. This is good news for you. You don't have to stop. You need a savior. And then, when his, ready? Here's the left turn. When his grace falls upon you, you'll desire to stop now. There's nothing worse than having somebody forgive you when you don't deserve it. It's the worst feeling in the world. Wait, what? When I mess up, I look at God and I go, okay, give it to me. And God goes, no, my son paid that price. No, 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 I messed up. I know I need it. Give it to me. Just hit me, spank me, make me get a ticket or something like that. I, I have the judgment of God, and I understand how God works. When I screw up, I don't want to get, like, some disease or something, but, like, if it costs a couple hundred bucks, okay. It's what I deserved. And God says, no. Punishment was paid, but, but if you keep forgiving me, I love the verse in the book of Romans. It's a great song also by a vineyard. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. It's his kindness that leads to repentance. Oh, I love that song. Makes me weep. Hmm. With that thought in mind, today's verses are the response to last week's proof that Christ was exactly who he said he was, as predicted in the Jewish Bible, our Old Testament, as predicted by the prophets. We looked at some of the prophecies, 300 some odd prophecies, that Christ would come. I actually made the bold statement. I said, listen, I am more sure that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Savior, than Joe Biden is the president. And everybody was like, let's go, Brandon. Verse 13, chapter 1, the book of 1 Peter. Therefore, because of all those things I just said, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There can be no sweeter verse in the entire Bible than that. Stop trying to please God with your deeds. Stop working so hard to make God love you. It's that amazing song by Rita Springer. I never have to fight for your attention, for your eyes are always on me. I never have to try for your affection, 
because you're so in love with me. Let's try to understand because sometimes the run-on sentences in the Bible, Apostle Paul was really guilty of that and now Peter, just, he keeps just saying, oh yeah, and this, and, and it's like, he knows nothing of periods, only commas. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. I want you to strengthen your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. If God was to come back and judge this world tonight, don't raise your hand, don't answer this, how many of you would have doubts that he would be your friend and not your enemy? How many of you have doubts that he would welcome you into his kingdom and not say, hey, you got to clean that nonsense up first? How many of you aren't sure if you're a friend of God? That's a scary place to be. Why is that? Well, you don't understand. I live the life of a homosexual. Well, you don't understand. I live the life of a drug addict. Well, you don't understand. I live the life of... There will be time to put down the things that God has told you to put down. But far more important than putting down, it's more important to take up. To take up the love of God in your heart. To rest fully on the grace that is within him. Rest fully. Now, make no mistake about it. The line of demarcation is fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it's paper thin, man. It's hair like. It's when do I abuse the grace of God and when do I count on the grace of God? That's something I can't answer. I love that song by um, we, the, we the Kingdom. I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. What a song. What a great line. I don't know where that line is for you. I only know where it is for me. And when God says, put that down. All right, all right. Right. It's caused me enough grief. I'm putting it down. But it's not for me nor any other pastor, priest, or religious leader to tell you where your line is. Your job is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And not become some white, conservative, Republican, wasp. You, that's not it. That's never been it. And God forgive us for making that happen. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Quoting from the book of Leviticus, where the Lord Jesus spoke by the hand of God in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus and he said, Be holy, for I am holy. Be holy. The word holy is, is a... a an, completely it's, it's never going to gain the traction that it should have it's never going to be explained for what it is 
all the world and our generation knows about holy. Oh, you're holier than thou. You're ho listen, listen, listen. The word holy, it means separate, apart, special. Be special. Be set apart. If you're gay, love God. He'll take care of everything else. If you're trans, if you are Republican, I don't care what subset cultural ridiculous irrelevance you call yourself by. I don't care what people group you identify with or as. You might be a tattoo artist here. Ugh. Glorify God with your life. And when he does return, and believe me, it's soon, he will be your friend. And you will hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few, but I will make you ruler over many. Like, I want to just flip this. Okay, it's time. We're all gone. Ah. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. I absolutely love the way the Apostle Peter put that. Here's what he just did there. I love this. Listen to this. Earth, it's a hotel. He just made it a hotel. You checked into the hotel, maybe not even of your own volition. Maybe you, you just got checked in here. And he says, listen, while you're staying here at this hotel, you, judge, you, 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 you handle yourself rightly. And what a great way that we can put that for ourselves. Like we forget sometimes or maybe we willfully forget sometimes that we are, we're only here for a little bit, guys. A blip. And if all eternity to you is the 75, 80, maybe 90 years you're here, well, you, I hope you're having a good time because I ain't buying that. I'm really believing that eternity is eternity. And the little time that I'm in this hotel, maybe motel, Don't start. Stay focused. <laughs> Listen to me again. And if you call on the Father, without partiality, judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. Please, give me your attention. That's an interesting way he put that and must be explained. He said, while you're here, live in fear. Now, that word for fear isn't fear and trembling like a scared. It's fear of like not fulfilling your complete purpose. 
a reverence for what God has given you. I love this verse. It says, do you know that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you? What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? That's it? That's something to be afraid of. If all you're doing is accomplishing your thing, I'd be afraid of that. Why? Is God going to be mad at me? It's more like how when my father was really mad at me, he beat the crap out of me and my brother. When he was really, really mad, he would talk Italian to us and tell us how disappointed he was in us. Used the word, I think I, did I say this last week? Used a very famous word in Italian that you're not supposed to say, disgrazia. That's what you say. Disgrazia. That's what you should be afraid of. God saying, I gave you so much talent, so much artistry. You were this beautiful poem, this workman. I, I fashioned you. Your, your mind was sharp. Your hands were strong. Your, and what did you do with it? What did you do with it? You built a business? Did you, did you raise kids and, oh man, there is nothing like watching your kids fulfill every, like the greatest blessing we have is these kids and, and pushing them in the direction and molding them in shape. And when you see that, like I, I mean, I, watching my older daughter run a business, ah, oh, man, watching my son step on the mat in a wrestling match, just you help them do what they were meant, what they were called to do. Yeah. My daughter, in her business, she has a ministry attached to it where they devote a certain percentage and they put it in this fund and they use it to bless people. It's like, ah, oh, man. It's the same thing with God. He's looking down. What are, you, what are you doing with all this I gave you? That's the fear. You understand? It's not, oh, God's mad at me. No. He's not mad at you, if you're here anyway. I hope you understand that. You aren't redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, which is really a weird thing because silver and gold are not corruptible. But here, he's taken it to another level. Every other place, we talk about the corruption of things. We talk about wood, hay, and straw. You know, it's corruptible. You can burn it up. You can throw it in fire. Burn. You can't burn up gold and silver. You can melt it. You can reform it. But every time you do that, what happens to it? It gets purer. Oh, man. This is crazy. And here he says, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Listen, do you know what he's talking about? He's talking about the law of Moses. He's like, listen, trying to keep the law, that's just foolishness. This was a Jew, I want you to know who wrote this. The apostle Peter was a Jew. And he's like, look, man, I tried. I tried to keep the law of Moses. Man, it just it was flim-flam. It just didn't work. Didn't work. 
but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. Man, I just, I want you to understand something. This is, this is something I, I, can't, I can't not stop at. Please give me your attention. The hardest part to wrap one's head around is that he knows your name. That song that we did last week, he knows my name. Do you understand that the Bible is for every single person that ever existed on the earth ever, 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 but it's just for you? He was manifested in these last days for you. Like, like I got, on Wednesday I started coughing. Thursday, I had this stupid flu that's going around again, because my grandchildren love to share with Pop-Pop. And Thursday, Friday, yesterday, that's why my family's not here today, we're all sick. But I'm feeling better today. God allowed me to get sick on Wednesday night, suck it up for the last couple of days, and then now be here preaching the word. Now, here's the thing. At first you go, like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I agree with you, but I believe it. And I bet each one of you guys have that same story. The craziest thing happened. God did this. So wait a second. What you're saying, Ryan, is God changed all people, right? Everything. Like your wife, she got sick. She's sick today. Your mother-in-law. Everybody's sick now just so you could be here today. I don't know how it works. But the amazing, sovereign, loving, personal. It's like David wrote in the Psalms. I think it's eight. What is man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you visit him? He who flung the stars into space cares that you put your key in your car this morning and it starts. I don't, I just, I can't conceive that. And, and when I'm anxious, when I get anxious, I lose that personal touch with God. It's the craziest thing. Sometimes I, like I wake up at like 4 in the morning, I think, oh my goodness. Was all right. I start thinking about it, especially with Jim dying. I don't have a pastor. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's like I've, I've, I've finagled his hand off of my life. I've pushed his hand off my life. I, I cease now to believe and to... to hold on to that he's been manifest in these last days for me. Does this make any sense to anybody? Like every aspect of your life, you big screw up, you. All of you. Why would he do that for you? Now me, I understand. And yet he does. His and like, I want you to go outside this church. Seth, 
30 people here? And then there's a church up the block with a thousand. And there's a church. And every single person in every single life, every single family, he has it like, like an amazing mosaic puzzle. And all the pieces fit together for his purpose, for your goodness, for his pleasure, for your usefulness. If you're not blown away, if you're not in awe of the power of God yet, you're probably never going to be. The Apostle Peter is writing to these people and he's saying, don't you understand it was manifest in these last days just for you? I can't. I can't. Verse 21. Who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Hey, who is your faith and hope in? In these last days, must I say it? It's not in your lawyers. It's not in your politicians. It's not in your doctors, which are all useful for the things that God allows them to be useful. But in the end, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And like the river of water, he will turn it anywhere he wishes. There is nothing that's not going to happen to you that has not been God-ordained for your benefit whether you believe that or not. It is the fact. And since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Again, if, that word for since, could also be Translated, if, if you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, if you've ex accepted, if you've proclaimed, if you're really a Christian. Because if you're not, there is no protection upon your life for anything except to be saved. What does that mean, Ryan? Listen. God's taken, not taken, you've pushed the hand of God off of you. you got people that have been praying for you, people that love you, and you say, no, God, I'm doing my thing. No, no, God, uh, this church hurt me. No, no, God, this person hurt me. No, God, this guy was a hypocrite. No, and you push God saying, I'm not interested. And everything that God allows to happen to your life, all of the heartbreak and the misery and the brokenness, the persecution and the prosecution, it's only for one reason. Because God wants to put his hand through that forest and trees and go, come on now. Was it Rita Springer sing? Your way? Was that, what's that line in that song, Defender? So much better, your way. So much better. Goodness. And it's so crazy because, because that line of jumping across to him into his arms, it's a big friggin' hurdle, man. 
Like, I couldn't come to the Lord. I got to come to God. I got to be weak, man. I got to be strong in the street, man. I got to be fierce. I got to be a tiger. I can't. I can't be. I can't let somebody see. But that line was just, if I jump over that thing, man, you don't understand. You don't understand. And God said, come on. I'll take you right as you are. No. Can't. Come on. Don't let them lie to you. They're lying to you. No. No, you don't like White people, I don't know. You don't like Irish people. Nobody likes Irish people, but whatever. <laughs> the things we tell ourselves just to avoid coming to the Lord. Remember Dan told me a story years ago. It was probably 15 or 20 years ago. It was um, a big accident on the highway somewhere, and you pulled up, and there was like dead bodies strewn all over the place. It was like two, I think it was Christmas, wasn't it? It was two vans, two minivans, and there was dead people, and another firefighter came by, and he said to you something like, and I could be messing the story, but this is how I played out in my brain. Hey, you're a Christian, right? Yeah, he goes, why don't you explain this to me from God's perspective? And how do you, how do you explain that two minivans on Christmas smashing each other, and there's nine dead people strewn all over the highway. How do you explain it? Like, well, the Bible says that all things work together for good. Some things are just pray it through. It's in the suffering and in the, the melting of that silver that it just gets all the more pure. having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all glory of man is the flower of grass. Grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Before we finish, everything that he just said, everything that I just said, everything we, 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 we preached last week, is for one reason and one reason only. You know what it was? To put this thing in your hand and to tell you, listen, I know it looks just like a regular book. I know it. And I know for years you've been reading somebody else's love letter. But take it. It'll change your life. It'll lead you. It'll guide you. Take it. It stands forever. Nothing has been disproven. Nothing. Every prophecy has come to pass. He is who he says he is. It's yours. Take it. I want to read the Bible. I don't be one of those guys. Be one. Be a weirdo. And then, when you have the Bible in your hand, and when you receive all these things, here's the exhortation. And it's small. Everything was like an introduction, he says, right to lead up to this. Listen. Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. Did you hear that? Does any, did you read anything in there? <coughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you read anything in there that you can't do? 
Like, oh, but you don't understand. Well, tell me. I don't care what people group or, or place you come from. Lay aside the malice, the deceit, the hypocrisy, the envy, and the evil speaking. Why don't you just try that? And here's how he says it. He says it as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. Did you hear that? I've often been questioned by people who I love and respect. Ryan, why do you tell people they could still do drugs, still drink, still be gay, still be angry, still fight? Why do you tell people that? And I try to explain it to them with everything. Listen, listen, I'm not saying they should. I'm saying they could. Why do you say that? Because, listen, here's what I want. I don't want you to clean your life up and come to church. I want you to come here and let God clean you up. Smoke all the pot you want, have all the sex you want, do all the drugs you want. Just add the Bible to your daily devotion and watch God change you. Because as a babe, as a babe, just take up, just some milk. Ready? Ready? Start it. John chapter 1. That's all I want you to do. I just, I just want you to go to, you don't have to turn in now. I'm, I'm, I'm acting out. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God, I have no idea what that means. Would you show me? Thank you. You just did a morning devotion. And now, go smoke, go drink, go do whatever you want to do. But do that every day. And then come back in a few months and tell me your wife's not changing. You come back in a few years, if you're still doing that, then I'm going to call you a, a baby. I'm going to say, man, it's time to grow up now. After a couple of years, it's time to grow up. Put that, put that crap aside now. You could hear this message. Stop it now. Stop. Stop it. But that's not today's message. And you have to have the whole counsel of God. So to you that think that's the wrong thing to say, I know. But I feel so in the spirit when I say that in case there's somebody here that thinks they can't come to God because they're Jewish, because they're Muslim, because they're gay, because they're whatever. Stop! If you're really seeking God, God don't care what people group you're a part of. If you are seeking God. He don't care. Therefore, Laying aside malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Your word is life and your word is light. And God, there are dark places in our heart that your word needs to shine and expose. We're not afraid, God, if we expose the dark places of our heart to you because you're such a gentleman. You're so gentle with us. And I do pray if there's anybody here 
that does not know you, anybody here that has been far away from you, God, I pray over them right now that they would say this prayer in their hearts, Dear God, I open my heart. I invite you inside to be my God, to be my Savior, to be my friend. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me now. I want to follow you the rest of the days of my life in the name of Jesus Christ. God, if anybody here said that prayer, you who begun a good work will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Fill their hearts with a hunger and thirst for your word. God, thank you so much for the word you gave us today. May we receive it and walk humbly in it. In the name of and by the power of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. We'll see you all tonight. Oh, goodness, I'm sorry. I forgot communion. Nobody said nothing to me. Two more minutes. I'm sorry, guys. Two more minutes.